0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of the Never Split Up podcast. My name Nolan. I'm here with Anthony. And today we have a good one. We're covering Get Out. So welcome to episode 10. We made it Ant. 10 episodes. How are you doing today?
1: Yes. Awesome. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm well, excited. not awesome.
1: I'm not awesome. It's a Monday, but yeah, it <laughs> could be better. Yeah. But it's, I'm <laughs> excited to talk about Get Out.
0: Me too. Me too. I watched it a couple times over the weekend. I, I mentioned previously on the last episode or even on our top 10 episode from 2022 that I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. I'd watched it a okay. few times over the years, but this movie is now uh coming up on 6 years old. I can't believe it. Came out in 2017. We're now in 2023. I still I'm like just feels like 2019 was yesterday, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I I was really excited to watch this. I watched it a couple times and I'm really glad we're covering this. Um, if, if you've watched uh, our top 10 episode, you know that, uh, another one of Jordan Peele's movies, Nope, made my top 10 list. I I won't completely spoil it for people who haven't seen that episode. Um, and it's actually tracking pretty well. We got a a decent amount of views for that. So thank you. Thanks. Uh, thank you everyone to, um, who's listened. So why don't we, uh, talk about Jordan Peele a little bit in the cast why don't don't you go over that and then we can get into our overall thoughts
1: yeah cool so get out like you said I can't believe it came out in 2017 I feel like I just saw this movie like a year ago for the first time in theaters but um this is Jordan Peele's feature film directorial debut it's pretty insane um let me give you guys a little synopsis before we get into it with the cast um so I'm sure everyone knows the concept of this movie but a young African-American visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend, where his simmering uneasiness about the reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point. And like I said, okay. Jordan Peele, he wrote this. Yeah, Fair synopsis. Know, I don't want to give too much yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote this, he directed it, he produced it, all of the above. Um, he actually won an Oscar uh, screenplay for this script, which is pretty crazy because we all know how the Academy feels about horror movies, you know fuck them yeah but uh he did win for this (laughs) and uh, our star of the movie daniel kaluuya he was actually nominated for best actor as well so daniel kaluuya he plays our protagonist chris he's excellent in the movie uh who else we have we have allison williams she plays his girlfriend rose she's been in a few blumhouse movies we have bradley whitford how everyone knows who bradley whitford is i hope he plays uh alice uh rose's dad dean we have katherine keener she plays Missy, the mom. She's been in a bunch of movies. We have like Keith Stanfield in a small role. I think this was actually his breakout role in Get Out. So Jordan Peele really put him on the map. So that's our main cast. And then we have a little small appearances. We have Steven Root. I know, Nolan, you're a big fan of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get so into that's that. That's our cast. <laughs> yeah, so it's good cast. Very well made. Um, Jordan Peele, for his first movie, it's pretty crazy. Especially coming from a comedian background. I love what he was able to do in the horror genre. He still has obviously the touches of comedy in this movie. It's, so I would call it a horror satire, but a uh, great debut.
0: Yeah, I touched on this um previously, but I, I love uh his transition to horror because being uh such such a fantastic comedy writer. I mean, when you when you're doing comedy, obviously writing comes to the forefront. Um, so the fact that he's able to take that and, and put it into these horror movies, I, I think it blends amazingly. And it's, it's not just the comedy in these movies. Like the writing is at the forefront in all aspects. And he really uh, takes pride. I think every one of his movies that he's done so far, he's, he's wrote them and he's, he's written them and he's done the screenplay on as well as directed. So yes. um, I, I really love that he takes uh, pride in these movies enough to, to um, do all of that. He produces writes, and, directs and has some cameos too well little easter egg cameos some voice cameos that he does which are fun
1: and i'm happy that uh for the most part he's staying within he has different subgenres, but he's staying within the horror genre so i love that he's really uh sticking with it
0: yeah he is he's exploring that genre and pushing the boundaries but i think that's good yes. so you know
1: and every movie of his is arguably like a complete 180 from each other like you can't look at get out and be like oh that's like us oh that's like nope they're all different
0: yeah, and of course the obvious. Uh, all all of his movies have black leads, which is awesome. We we don't see enough of that, especially in horror. So it's really cool to see uh, great horror films coming out with uh, mostly. Uh, I guess Get Out is a little more balanced, but his other two movies definitely have mostly black cast, but uh, with a black lead, which is um, really cool to see that he's uh, taking an in- initiative on that.
1: Yeah, for sure, he writes his movies for black leaves because he wants them, you know, he wants them to be in the headlining horror movie of the, you know, horror movie of the year of the month. He wants, you know, more exposure for that. And I love that. Um, I also want to mention the composer of this movie, Michael Abels. He composed all of Jordan Peele's movies, and he is fantastic. Yeah, I won't reveal which one's my favorite. But I mean, I know you love note, but each score is so damn good. Even I forgot. The open from the opening uh sequence in this movie where when the title drops, I'm like, damn, I forgot how good this score was. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So he's followed him throughout his three movies as well. Yeah. Really good. And we'll get to us, but that scored, man. (laughs) So good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I I like the consistency too. You can kind of tell that those three movies fit. I mean, it's the same director, same writer, and he has I didn't know that he had the same guy doing the score for all three, but it makes sense now that I'm kinda Uh, hearing those movies in my head it makes sense that it's all the same guy so that's really cool
1: yeah i actually have each of his scores on uh like i play them on repeat because they're just so damn good yeah
0: that's awesome you're a nerd like that so
1: yeah i'm obsessed with the scores (laughs) (laughs) so many movies yeah i
0: I listen to like you know actual music and this guy's listening to soundtracks (laughs) and scores i'm like running to
1: like the soundtrack of scores like yes pump up good work yeah (laughs)
0: Awesome. That so yeah. pumped up. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the cast. Uh, you pretty much kind of went through that. I guess we'll do our overall thoughts like we normally do. Before we yep. get into it, uh, just uh, I will announce the winner. I'm eager to announce the winner of the Never Split Up poll from last episode, from our Sinister episode. Thanks, everyone uh, who voted. We got a pretty good turnout for our voting this time, so I'm glad more people are starting to vote. And um, a special thanks to everyone who voted for me. Because I finally won. It's my first win. And uh, I think it was a no brainer, me personally, but
1: <laughs> and uh, I know mean, you guys felt bad for him that it was episode yeah. ten and he didn't win yet, so that's yeah. why you gave it to him. So I'll give it to that's you. That's
0: my first victory. So uh, at the end of this episode I'll get to go first on my choice. And I, I have a I have a unique one, so I think I'm gonna surprise you with my choice, but I think it's a strong one though. I think I might have a chance okay, to win. Cool. So should be fun but uh yeah that'll be at the end of the review right before we get into our overall score but um for now we'll get into our overall thoughts and just a yeah. heavy disclaimer just so we don't forget um please see this movie guys Th- these are yes. spoil not spoiler free reviews the we are gonna get into heavy spoilers uh pretty much right away because this is a movie that um i implore you to not only watch but watch multiple times and i'm not gonna spoil anything yet but once you watch it the first time, you'll understand why you would want to watch it the second time. There's so many hidden things throughout the movie that kind of not, they don't give it away, obviously, because it's pretty hard to, you know, guess this ending on the first walkthrough. But when you watch it again, you're like, Oh, that's why they said that. Or why That's why they did that. Everything in this movie is so right. carefully planned by Jordan Peele. And it's really cool. Every time I watch this movie, I like it a little bit more. So. Um, oh, good. Yeah. My score goes up a little bit more every time. So. If we would have done this movie, you know, a year from now, and I watched it five more times, it'd probably be higher than my score today. That's how cool it is and how many things you can pick up on, you know?
1: Yep, I agree.
0: Why don't you go first? Uh, we'll we'll, we'll okay. do your overall thoughts, and then we'll get into it.
1: So, yeah, I remember seeing this movie for the first time when it came out, you know, in February of 2017, and I love this movie so much. It's awesome. Um, it's a... I like it because it's a crowd pleaser. You can watch it as an entertaining horror movie without the themes if you want, but he also makes it so after the movie, you're thinking about the themes. Um, so I like a director that yeah. doesn't shove stuff down my throat, but they have the context there if we want to take it. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a, sto- it's not a message with the movie attached to it. This is a movie with themes incorporated into it. So it's smart and clever. And I know when you google this movie a lot of the the subgenre of this movie is titled elevated horror and that <laughs> is, is it really? my it, it, <laughs> if you google it that's a lot of people refer to it as elevated horror yeah. and that's probably my least favorite phrase of all time because horror is horror you know not this subgenre doesn't make it better than a slasher or a typical horror movie i think the term elevated horror is a term created by you know, pretentious critics who don't want to admit that horror movies are actually awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I would classify this as a psychological horror or if you want to even say like metaphorical horror, you know, our house horror, whatever you want. But no, it's a horror movie. It's a damn good horror movie. And it's has a great lead performance and a great directional directorial debut from Jordan Peele. It's awesome. And I uh, actually I watched some interviews with Jordan Peele and he picked Daniel Kulia to be the star. He did the take um, when he's getting hypnotized as his audition. And he said every single time his tear dropped, like he, he had his tear drop on cue. Really? When he said a line, he's like, you have the role right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Like he, every time he said a specific yeah. word, the same tear drop. He's wow. like, <laughs> he's like, this is why I quit acting. So that was all because this guy's, that was all, that natural? was all him. Yeah. That wow. was all him. yeah. <laughs> Those are some so strong tears, too. Yeah. Like, very prominent tears. That's, <laughs> that's that's his, like, Oscar scene. Yeah, that, yeah. But uh, he said, uh, Jordan Peele's like, that's why I stopped acting and directing, because you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> so good. he hired a murderer. Right? Yeah, this is an awesome movie. I mean, you, it's a crowd pleaser at the end, but it's also an important movie. You know, I remember, you know, at the end of this movie, we'll get into it, but, you know, there's, there's cheering at the end. But you also, when you're leaving the theater, you have, people are having these conversations about, like, oh, like. There's a lot to say about this movie. Yeah, I love this movie. I won't say where I where it ranks in his uh trilogy of films so far, but it's a damn good movie.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll eventually cover all three and then we'll do our ranking after we cover Nope, which is his latest film. We'll we'll do our ranking, so that'll be fun. But yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you said. I think you uh you hit it uh when you said that Nothing feels forced. He has these... um, No, not at all. Yeah, and I think when you craft a story from the ground up um, and take the care that you do, like Jordan Peele does, especially, um, like you said, he tailors these movies for black leads. And nothing feels forced because it's based around that. And it's not like a shoe-in from the studio. It's it's it's, it's, Yeah, organic. That's a great word for it. Um, So I definitely love that too. And he's done that with all three of his movies now that i'm thinking right. about it uh get out especially and and for this to be his directorial debut i mean man insane i remember when this came out i mean he was the talk of the town man he just like instantly left his mark and people were just clamoring over this movie and they couldn't wait i remember when us started uh getting promo and trailers like people were just going crazy like oh finally like jordan peele's next movie um so this movie really i i don't have the exact numbers but it made a killing it made over like 200 million dollars
1: so, uh, so uh, this movie yeah. was made through blumhouse and they're known for their lower budgets mm-hmm. so it was budget of 4.5 million and this wow. is the guy's directorial debut 4.5 million budget it made over 255 million dollars <laughs> worldwide <laughs> there you so go he's getting good paychecks now <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: There you go. I mean, after the estate.
1: it's crazy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Did uh, Blumhouse do uh, his other two movies?
1: No, because uh, Universal did his other two movies as okay. well, but not Blumhouse because he got you know he got his budgets for the. I was <laughs> going to say yeah, he, he must have movies,
0: gotten yeah. a blank check for the rest of the yeah. movies because that's yeah. amazing. Yeah,
1: and I love uh, what he says. If you actually watch him, he says, "I make I made Get Out." to be an entertaining movie first. He even says that I want you guys to be entertained first, but then also if you leave and you're having these discussions that are important, that's a plus. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's making an entertaining horror movie, but it's an important one. Mm-hmm. And it's like I said, organic is the best word to describe how he inputs his themes and social messages in his movies.
0: And like you said, I hope he doesn't uh, stray too far. If he continues to direct, I hope he stays in that horror genre because He's 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 got this great formula, and it's it's not like all of his movies are formulaic and like that they're the same. It's they feel organic and they're so different. But he he still rides that line on all three movies, and he's really nailed it, like from the get-go. Yeah, you're.
1: I like what you said. I think that they're all original, but his touch is the through line on all three of them. You can tell Jordan Peele's touch is on Mm -hmm. all three movies. And that's what the comparison is between all three of them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, other than that, my overall thoughts are, I I love this movie too. Uh, Like I said, I, 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 I only saw it once in the theaters and I believe I saw it. I don't think I saw it opening weekend because I remember there was already buzz about how good the movie was. So I think I suffered from a little uh, letdown syndrome. If you want to say like, yeah, It was a little, uh, not overhyped because I think it's an incredible movie, but I left the theater liking it. And as I watched it again and again, I realized like how masterful this movie is. And again, guys watch this movie multiple times. If you've seen this movie like once or twice, like a few years ago, go back, watch it again. And like, I've seen this movie now that we're doing this podcast, I watched it a couple times. I've probably seen this movie at least. A half dozen times, probably more over the years, and I still pick up on things like little subtle. Because in every scene, you can like look at a different character that or actor that you looked at the first time, and they're doing something that you didn't notice the first or second time or the third time. Especially the the party scene. There's so many different nuances in that party scene that are just awesome. And I think uh, you said it best too when you said you were listening to Jordan Peele. He wants to make an entertaining movie. I think if you take away the creepiness of the score and everything, it's still an important movie. And I, it's still oh, yeah. a good movie if if it was just played as like a drama or something, you know? So, um, yeah, it seems like we both and loved it. I
1: will say like this movie also, in my opinion, is his most accessible to like a mainstream. Like you can show this to your mom and your dad and they won't be like, what the hell is going on? This is the most accessible movie of his trilogy of films, in my opinion. Okay. You can go see, and um, I
0: think they they all kind of are. (sighs) I mean, I think us us might be the least. Us is definitely the least. Yes. Yeah, I think Nope has a lot going on. You have
1: to like, like us is a movie you're going to be googling after that and be like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Yeah. Us Uh, Us
0: is definitely weirder than the other two. Oh yeah. But I think Nope is pretty accessible uh, too. I would say nope is
1: successful. <laughs> you don't think so? Because
0: I know a few people no, that are uh, horror fans that I've watched it. It's successful.
1: Really it. It's just a different. Uh, it's a different kind of Jordan Peele horror movie. Okay, because that movie also that has themes too. A lot of themes yeah. Too. I only say it's successful because the most...
0: it has it. Nope has the most like subgenres mixed in. You know, like right. it's a western and so like if you like those. You'll you'll get those elements in that movie, so it can kind of bring all those people together, so they can all like it. At I'm less. more.
1: I mean, it more as like most accessible is like you're an idiot if you don't understand the subtext of Get Out. Like the first time you're watching, it, like you know he's talking about racism this entire movie. Like that's like <laughs> you're an idiot if you don't know that's the theme of the movie. Like that's oh, what, oh, okay. Like, yeah. like you'll get the message like right away. You know. What oh, yeah. Mean?
0: But it, he's not yeah. like dumbing it down either. No. You know what I mean. But he's just, not like. Pretending that we're a dumb audience, but oh, it's, no. it's it's. No, no, no. You're right. Yeah, it's accessible without playing dumb. So Just it war- with the yeah.
1: dialogue alone, you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these people. Yeah, but um, I will say the movie is a horror satire. So it's it's. I would describe it as uneasy and tense. But me personally, because I'm not in Chris's shoes in my everyday life. You know, it's this movie doesn't keep me up at night, like afraid to go to bed. It's a horror satire that's uneasy and it's a disturbing reality for you know, the African American community in a lot of these situations. But it's not scary. Like you're going to be able to go to bed after watching this movie, fine.
0: No, yeah, yeah. It's just something
1: you'll be talking about and thinking about. Yeah, just want to get that out of the way so people don't think they're going to be watching this terrifying Jordan Peele movie. (laughs) I don't want them to get you know. Yeah, I will (laughs) say. To get too hyped about that, yeah. I
0: will say the first walkthrough. There are a couple like. What the fuck moments, like what's going on, but it's really just your mind trying to like figure out the situation. Right. It's tense, very yeah. tense.
1: And then the third act is just nonstop tension. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like we both loved this movie.
0: Yeah. We'll see.
1: All right. <laughs> we'll see how much. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so you want to get into the gritty?
0: Yeah, let's let's get into the opening scene, and we'll we'll take it from here again, guys. Uh, major spoilers because we're gonna uh, now talk about this movie um, as if everyone's seen it already. Because again, right. I touched on it already, but I want to highlight some subtle acting performances and lines, especially line delivery and the writing of this movie is so. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if
1: subtle is the right word for some of these lines. <laughs> um.
0: A few of them are. You'll be surprised. I okay, picked up on okay. a couple that seem normal on the surface, but you know. <laughs> I guess because you know you're watching a horror movie, you're like you know, kind of looking for that stuff, but yeah. Okay.
1: yeah. Alright, let's get into this. Let's get into this opening scene, which is this is might one of the creepiest scenes in the movie, the opening scene. Yeah. Um, So we open, there's a young black man. He's walking through like the neighborhood suburbs. It looks like, you know, a It actually looks like the street from Halloween, the original with the suburbs. And it's funny because if you listen to Jordan Peele's interviews, he Halloween's one of his favorite movies and John Carpenter's one of one of his favorite directors. And this opening scene when his was his homage paying respect to Halloween. Oh, the perfect the perfect neighborhood street. That's not really perfect. Um, so So we follow. I thought that was cool because if you know me, obviously, you know how special Halloween is to me. So we follow a young black man. He's walking down the street and uh, there's this car that's like, you know, slowly passes him. And also that scene, I don't know if you watched like the head and the car turns. And that also mirrors like when Michael Myers drives down the street and his head turns towards Lori the first time. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. But um, so the car slowly passes him. And then, you know, he's walking and he's lost. He's like following directions on his phone and the car turns around and the car just stops beside him. And um, I'd be like, He does exactly what I do. He's like, "Yeah, fuck this," (laughs) and he turns around. And I think there's a song that's like saying "Run, Rabbit, Run," (laughs) playing in the car. (laughs) So uh, yeah, he says "Fuck that," and he turns around and he starts walking the other way. I would be sprinting. I don't know why he's walking, but um, he looks back and he sees the car stop, but the front driver's side door is opened, and then a masked man like pops up behind him and abducts him. And that is the homage to Halloween, the opening scene. Then we cut to. Get out with that beautiful score, Michael Abels.
0: Mm-hmm. I would have been out of there. I wouldn't have walked into the street too. That was kind of a <laughs> weird move. I would have stayed on the sidewalk, and I would have started sprinting. Especially when he sees the door is open, I wouldn't oh, yeah. even have hesitated. As soon as I saw that out of the corner of my eye, I would have been gone. So, but it's
1: fu- it's funny commentary because in the beginning he he feels uneasy. But then he shuts it down because like, oh, this would never happen in this neighborhood. Mm. So it Jordan Peel's already doing that brilliant, you know, commentary without even us knowing what the hell anything is about. Yeah. So but yeah, I agree. I would have been like my advice after watching endless horror movies is trust your instinct. <laughs> if you feel uneasy, whether it's a car passing you or whether it's something stupid, just trust your gut. And this guy Better safe he trusts his gut too late. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yep. So that, that was a cool I like the opening scene a lot.
0: Me too. Yeah, he gets abducted. And yeah, he uh, does. just cuts, we don't know his fate or anything. And then he, uh, We don't even know his we don't even know his name
1: and op- we don't know anything about him. Don't know. Nope. Just a young black man walking down the street. Yeah, we so definitely then we cut won't to see Brooklyn. him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not. Yeah. So then we cut to Brooklyn and we're introduced to our protagonist of the movie, Chris. He's a photographer and his girlfriend Rose um chris is black and rose is white interracial couple they are packing to go to her parents for the weekend and uh i think it's funny the first thing he says is like do they know i'm black and uh you know he's like it should be something you mentioned since i'm the first black person you've dated and she's like no she kind of makes jokes about it she's like yeah no my dad he loves everyone he's like my dad would have voted for obama for a third time they're they're not they're not racist they're just your typical uh old american parents Mm -hmm. so that's how we're introduced to the couple.
0: Yeah, every time he brings up throughout the movie, especially in the beginning here with Rose about the fact that he's black and they're a white family and he's looking for an answer, she always hesitates for a split second. So it, her answers are very calculated. And, uh they're
1: always so positive and like, uh, she's just fake.
0: <laughs> yeah, well... You thought so? You thought fake because the first time through, I wasn't getting. She seemed pretty genuine. Well, she was a good actor. She was I mean, a good no, actor. No, no, no. She was know.
1: great. She's played the part well. But like, he's pretty much saying, like, give your parents a heads up. Like, you don't want to be walking to this. She's like, no, no, no. She's like acting oblivious. You well, know what I mean? that In makes that sense for a
0: girl who's never dated a black guy before, right? Like, she's downplaying it, trying to. She's never dated what, a black oh, Yeah. At this point, <laughs> that's what she's telling us. So uh, right. she's very naive. But that's what led me yeah. to.
1: I. I mean. I've seen so many movies, so, like, once that first conversation happened, I'm like, no, no, something's not right with this Really?
0: Girl. That she didn't tell her parents <laughs> yeah. that he was black?
1: No, that she put it off, she, like, pushed it off right away. With, and she's like, yo, no, my dad, you know, he's yeah. not racist, but, yeah. like, why did you have to go to that extent right away and say that?
0: Okay. I, I Yeah, okay. She's great. Yeah. She,
1: actually, she's one of my... After Daniel Cullio, she's my second favorite performance in the entire movie because the way she switches, mm-hmm. there's one scene that's my favorite scene of the whole movie, and it involves her. Mm-hmm. She's great. Yeah. But I thought, I'm like, why is she like right away going to that stance? Like, no, he's not racist. He's blah blah blah. I'm like, mm, don't trust this girl, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that's our introduction, and they're, you know, they're they end up, you know, they're on their way to her parents, they're driving. And Chris, he's trying to smoke a cigarette, and Rose takes his ciggy, and he, she throws it out the window. And uh, then we get Chris. He calls his best friend, Rod, who is my man of the movie. Rod, who works for TSA. TSA, motherfucker. And Rod's going to be taking... <laughs> it's like, that's my... That's the... <laughs> Dan, whoever wrote... The... Oh, Jordan Peele. He wrote that line. <laughs> yeah. oh, Dan, what a well, good line. That's <laughs> where the comedy you
0: know, background comes in. So good. The delivery. Uh, it's great.
1: Yeah, so Rod's taking care of Chris's dog, Sid. Which is also another nod to one of my other favorite horror movies, Scream. Sid Sydney Prescott, so Jordan Peele. He's yeah, he's already did he confirm that, or really, are you just projecting? Yeah, no, he oh, okay. no no no, I projected it, but then I confirmed because he really? talked about it. And okay, he loves Scream and Halloween. Okay, because they go hand in hand, Scream and Halloween. But um, I was like, for this you, guys already, uh, he, yeah, <laughs> he's doing a uh, he's doing a lot. Like it's gonna be hard for me not to like this movie, <laughs> but uh. So yeah, so Rod's going to be taking care of Chris's dog. So that's why he's having that conversation. And Rod's like, you know, joking around with uh, Rose. And then Chris just hangs up on him. But, um, you know, Rod, before they hang up, Rod says, you know, you didn't take my advice. Don't go to a girl, white uh, girlfriend's white parent's house for the weekend. You are crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and then Chris hangs up on him. But I'm like, Rod is stating facts throughout this entire movie. <laughs> and uh, Chris is just taking a little bit too long to catch on. Yeah. But um, so after that, we get this scene where this deer just like, friggin' dashes out in front of the car. So they hit a deer. And uh the deer's still alive. I like this because you see how uh sincere and like heartfelt Chris is because Rose is just like chilling by the car, but Chris he like goes to invest investigate the noises cause we find out, you know, the deer's like slowly dying in the woods. So, you know, Chris feels bad, so he tells her to call the cops. So the cops come, they put the deer out of his misery. But then the officer. Yeah, it was it was Chris a good scene. The, we have
0: a whole subplot of uh his mother yes. uh with his childhood. So yes. he's yes. he's seeing his mother we in the slowly deer. find out about that. Yeah, that's one of the yes. big reveals at the end. Um you know his mother died when he was younger, but you don't know from a hit and run, from a hit and run, but you don't know like like all the circumstances the, the and why he feels so out. guilty. Right. So um, I thought that was cool. That 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 kind of set things up. It's and, a uh, hint
1: to what his story cuz he you know, eventually he explains it, but it's a mm-hmm. hit because obviously his mom died in a hit and run. They hit the deer. The mom slowly died. The deer is slowly dying, so yeah. he has this guilt. Yeah. Um, so he tells her to call the cops, and you know, a cop comes, put the deer puts the deer out of his misery. But then the officer, even though Rose is the one who's driving, the officer asks Chris for his ID. And Rose goes on her like, How dare you? Blah blah blah, mm-hmm. you know. She gives him bullshit, but then I'm thinking. After watching it, I'm like, "This fucking bitch is really putting on a show, man." Yeah, she's really putting on a show. Oh, but yes. Yeah, so this was the first. Uh, I love. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, That's I just a... love rewatching this movie. I know because you watch it through a different lens. You're like, "Wow, this girl is fucking evil," because she really knows how to put on a show.
0: I was gonna say this is the first um, major scene where you really get what we were talking about before how he rides that line and he has these conversations with the audience about, you know, racial, uh, racial discussions right. about being black, um, in this society. Cause on the surface, your first time watching, you're seeing a cop question, a black man about an ID and his white girlfriend who grew up, you know, she's upper class, grew up privileged right. with wealth. She's white. She's not black. You know, uh, he's trying to, Chris is trying to comply with the officer. Like, yeah, you can have my ID. Like I want to comply, but she's the one that stands up because she's the privileged one. It's like, you don't need to see his ID. And I thought that was great on the surface, but uh, when you watch it again, or when you think back, you're like, okay, now I know the real reason why she was so adamant. She doesn't want to leave a paper trail. She doesn't want any evidence that Chris was with her this weekend and his ID being on any police documents because they're up to no good and right uh yeah that's just another like kind of and i love how you
1: can take it like so many ways because in the commentary wise you can also be like chris is used to this this must happen to him like if two white guys are getting to a fight outside a bar and he's outside the cops are going to come up to him and ask him for id you know because he's a black guy Mm -hmm. so the commentary and story wise jordan peels you know gives us two things to talk about just like you said that and then i just said this so yeah He's already firing on all cylinders yeah. just from this one little scene.
0: He makes you think, but then on the second time through it's a totally different context. And um right. it, it's great. Yeah, it's uh it's it's awesome. Not uh, you know, we've already did our spoilers, uh our our spoiler right. segment to tell people to watch this movie so we can just dive right into the spoilers, but um this is just the first main example of uh Again, watching it a second time, you realize, like, she's up to no good because she's a bad guy and her family sucks and they're trying to kidnap this guy and brainwash him. So she doesn't want his license
1: (laughs) on any police police documentation. Yeah. All right. So did you realize the first time you watched this, she was up to no good until the reveal? Like, what? I want to know your. Uh, For this. When did you realize? For
0: for this scene? Or are we talking in
1: general? Like. Did you one did you get a feeling before the reveal that she was up to no good in the movie the first time you watched it, um, or were you shocked by that reveal in the closet? I know no, we're, I, I don't want to jump too far. No, but... no I wasn't shocked. Okay. I mean, we could
0: talk about okay. that more. Um, you're you're just talking about in general. Did I get a feeling from her?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I
0: I thought it was like pretty not obvious, but like once you as the audience and once Chris realizes like that this family is rotten, like she's part of the family like there's no way she doesn't know anything you know what i mean yeah i agree so and i love how
1: yeah jordan peele is so clever because like i said the first time i saw from that first time we meet her i'm like this fucking bitch it wasn't that quick
0: it wasn't that quick for me i will say yeah but
1: then throughout the movie like when they're at their house Uh she has these moments where she's like really like oh my family like i can't believe they're like this and i'm like wait is she really on his side? Yeah. So he's so yeah. smart when he but does again, that. But again, she has a us.
0: reason to do that. And I don't want right. to get it too far ahead of ourselves. Right. And so it all it all makes sense. let I'm just oh, wait, saying, like,
1: yeah. the way he did that, I'm like, damn, this guy knows mm-hmm. what he's doing in this she, movie. So, throughout um, the movie, she
0: yeah. puts Chris and us at ease. When they're yes. when they're by themselves, because she's she like, reassures
1: Chris, which is reassuring yeah, us, because like the movie is through Chris's eyes, shitting on her family, yes. basically. Like, yeah. yeah, she's like, yeah, fuck this. I didn't, yeah. they didn't think they were like this, but they are. All right, so so after that whole scenario, they arrive at her parents' house, and I love when they're pulling up. We see that they have a groundskeeper who's black, <laughs> and then when they get out of the car, um, we see that they also have a housekeeper who's black walter and georgina so it's like what a great start this guy's going <laughs> to a house to black servants for lack of a better term yeah <laughs> so we're introduced to rose's parents dean and missy and um we get the groundskeeper like when they're saying hi like he's just staring at them like being very like weird and creepy and then uh i knew right away that i didn't like dean because they explained that you know they got into an accident with the deer and he's like oh Good. I hate deer. Like one down, a couple thousand, couple hundred thousand to go. I'm like this fucking asshole. He doesn't like animals. He's already oh yeah, shithead.
0: Total <laughs> like rich white pretentious. Oh yeah, you know, privileged
1: douchebag. Yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> right, right then I'm like, this guy cannot trust him. Oh, yeah. Um. So I love like once they get in the house, like he starts talking like Dean's like uh Rose's dad, Dean, an yeah. older white man. He had starts having like a little slang. <laughs> He's yeah. like. I can't help but laugh. He's like, how long has this fang been going on? (laughs) I'm just like, what the fuck? I laugh every time. the way. uh Can't help
0: but think so. Obviously, uh, for those watching on YouTube, you can see. But if you're just listening, uh, me and Anthony are both white. So we can't come at this from the black perspective. But I got the sense that like a lot of this stuff, including the dad, like trying to talk with like a little slang, like. Maybe Jordan Peele is like referencing things that happened to him in real life. Like maybe he had a white girlfriend. Hundred percent, he confirmed that. Oh, he did. Okay, like maybe I don't know about having
1: a white girlfriend, but he says he's had conversations and like with white people. White people like kind of adjust their like the way they talk to him, yeah, because he's the token black man. Oh yeah.
0: So even though we're not um, black, that was totally believable to me that like this fucking rich white dude would try to like you know adjust his language to like try to right. make this guy feel more comfortable, <laughs> but it just makes it more awkward for him because he's just so Yeah, and I touch. love Chris's
1: reaction. He gives him a look. He's like, really? <laughs> yeah. There's this thing going on. But I just, yeah. I don't know. Every time I just, I die laughing because I'm like Bradley Whitford. You hate him, but you can't help him. I'm like, he's so funny. And I good. know. So it just, it cracks me up. And I want to so, um, highlight yeah. this. No,
0: uh, Georgina, when he sees Georgina for the first time, he's taken aback from her because like you said she's just like staring blankly and this goes into a bigger I guess like it's not really a theory it's just an observation I had uh watching it uh the second time last night I I finally had this realization and I thought it was again brilliant so Chris's character as a character this entire movie he's a black guy in a white environment He's, he's going to his white girlfriend's parents house he's the fish out of water he's the exactly so again i i don't know this firsthand but i think he conveyed this really well in the movie that he's uneasy and uncomfortable the entire time right i mean that's fair to say like he like you said he's a fish out of water so he's on edge and he's making decisions and reacting to certain situations in this movie the same way the audience is because we're watching right. a horror movie and we're on edge because we know it's a we're horror rooting
1: movie. And we're rooting for this character.
0: Yeah, we're, rooting for, character, so well we're rooting for this character. We're, we're having the same reaction that Chris is having because he's in right. this uncomfortable environment and we're in an uncomfortable environment because we know it's a horror yeah. movie. So things like that happen at the dinner party. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I wanted to right. say this right off the bat. No, we'll get he, there, yeah. like, on the surface let's just say like chris was a white guy and like that happened he might have brushed it off and like believed the dad and, like oh it was just a seizure or whatever but because he was in this strange environment and he was on edge from the get from the gecko he w- like was starting to put the pieces together that something's not right and i thought that was brilliant um it really makes a protagonist like you said that uh, audience wants to root for because he's oh, yeah. not you know brain dead and he's you know like he's aware he's aware, very aware of
1: like sketchy well, dude, shit. Not only is he going to meet his girlfriend's parents for the first time, which is nerve wracking for anybody. Yeah. But also <laughs> she didn't tell, I mean, not that, I mean, it shouldn't matter, but unfortunately sometimes it does. She didn't warn them that, you know, like this is the first black guy I'm dating. So, uh, you know, that's going to have a conversation right then and there. And then they eventually tell him like, yeah, we're also having a party with like a shit ton of our pretentious rich friends friends coming over and it's going to be like he's going to be the token black guy who's getting asked all these uh stereotypical questions so <laughs> yeah. it's like he's going through a lot <laughs> just to meet his girlfriend oh, yeah but, i mean um, the culture we're getting ahead alone. of ourselves but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like damn this guy like i feel so bad for him but uh so after their initial meet and greet dean takes uh chris on a tour through the house and he does explain which is important that you know we had to seal the basement up he, that's all he says so we don't know anything about the basement and uh, we find out that we get shown Missy's office, who's Rose's mom again, and we find out she's a psychiatrist and that Dean is a neurosurgeon. Again, two very important things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, they're having like small talk as I walk through the house. And uh, Dean's like, yeah, I like I like experiencing other cultures. And then he does the line. He's like, I would have voted for Obama for a third time if I could. <laughs> the exact yeah. line that Rose said he would yeah. say.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah, we meet with Georgina, and again, she's very uh, she's very like not standoffish, but she's awkward when the first time Chris meets her. Yeah. It's a very weird interaction. Yeah. Um, and again, and uh, we yeah. think
0: it's super creepy because we know we're in a horror movie, so we see right. that we get like super unsettled, and Chris being in this like super white environment all of a sudden sees this, right. um, you know black lady but she's like just staring at him super weirdly and like like you said not standoffish but like like kind of like she's afraid to move and he's like kind of i would say the term that i
1: have to describe her is like robotic okay yeah yeah
0: yeah very like stepford wise yeah exactly well this movie has a lot of that those vibes yeah Um,
1: But so right after that, uh, Dean's like, you know, I know what you're thinking. Uh, You know, white family, black servants. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And he's like, I hired them to take care of my, of his, of Dean's parents. And then, you know, when they died, I couldn't let them go. Pretty much saying like he's doing them a favor. Like he doesn't, he wants to keep giving them work. Mm-hmm. And then he, goes, he does the Obama line, which yeah. tracks me up every time. I thought
0: that was <laughs> great, to him explaining the why Georgina Reg, and the uh, what's the other guy's name? What do they call him? Walter. 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 Why they are there. Because this is an example of. He's not technically lying to Chris. So like the first time through when you watch it and then you see the ending at the end, you're like those fucking pieces of shit like they were leading him on. But then when you watch it again. You're like, wait a minute, yeah. They were brought here to take care of the grandparents. And now oh, they he really took care of the grandparents. And now he can't yeah. <laughs> bear to let them go. He's not lying. Wonder what. <laughs> yeah. Wonder what. He's like just vague enough to again make it believable because he's not telling a complete lie. So it comes off very authentic, you know?
1: And like how we're doing this right now, it just shows how clever, like he deserved that when for the screenplay because his writing is so wow, clever in yeah. this movie oh it's so, so good. good
0: it's such a strength of this movie
1: it's great yeah um so, so after that interaction we cut to you know all four of them are in the backyard and uh we find out you know uh chris they're having like small talk and you know missy she's like freaking being so overbearing and she pretty much like hounds chris about his family and we find out, you know, Chris's dad wasn't really ever around. This is when we find out initially that Chris's mom died in a hit and run when he was 11. But he says, you know, I don't remember much from that time, you know, from the trauma. You know, I don't remember much. So we just find out right then and there that, you know, his mom died in a hit and run. And then they like, say, all right, we don't have to talk about it. Um, so then we switch over to the topic of poor Chris again, how he smokes. You know, Dean's like, oh, are you a smoker? And he's like, I'm trying to quit. And then he goes, oh, Missy can take care of that for you. She's a hypnosis. I'm like, right then there, dude, you know, should, <laughs> you don't want to deal with that. But he's like, yeah, it works like a charm. And I love Chris right away because he's us. He's like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's his, yeah. his exact response in that scene. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, And then they say, like, you know, we're happy that you guys could be here for the party. And then Rose, she forgot. She didn't know that there was a party this weekend. So apparently uh, we find out that, you know, it's a tradition they've been having since, uh, uh, Dean's dad has held the tradition. He's carried it on that their whole, I guess, I don't know, neighborhood, family, friends come over for like a garden party. So now we know poor Chris is going to have to put up with this shit too.
0: Hmm. <laughs> of course she forgot conveniently because course, yeah, if she would have yeah. told him that the party was that weekend, there's no way Chris would have went. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't I mean, go either. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then we get the uh, the next Georgina scene.
1: Yes, this is a good scene. This is where so I really was like, yeah. Okay,
0: something fucked up is going on with Georgina. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, so she's refilling like all their drinks and uh she pours Chris drinks, but it overflows, and then she's looks very she looks uneasy as she's pouring his drink. And then, you know, she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry and then Missy, she just goes, Why don't you go lay down and get some rest? But she doesn't say it in like an endearing way. She's like, Get out of here, bitch, get in the house. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much How I took that line. Yeah, it seemed like um,
0: Georgina was in like this trance and was kind of like just frozen. Well, my
1: opinion is that she saw Chris and she wanted to help him, but obviously she physically can't because she's not in that body. She's in the sunken place. That's what I got from that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, I think you're uh, right. Uh,
0: Her seeing uh, their next victim like um, was enough for she has
1: that like shake in her face that yeah. like she wants to do something but she obviously can't because we find out she's unable to yeah and then
0: one, i think one of the best scenes you will see at the end uh towards oh, towards yeah. the end after the uh during the dinner party after the dinner party is her upstairs with him and you really see no that no, no 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 no. she's no, trying no, to no, get, no. Out. Yeah. <laughs> get out yeah to get out yeah i love that line it's like I know. no 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 yeah.
1: no 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 <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah so uh georgina she goes inside to rest per demand by Missy. Missy's also like a fucking bitch. But um so then Jeremy the brother arrives and he's a character, man. He is a character. So yeah. we cut to dinner. <laughs> the eye roll. If you're not watching and listening, Nolan just rolled his eyes.
0: I I don't really um, particularly care for this character. I know you're not supposed to like him you're and not that's supposed intentional to but yeah. it's not that I don't like him. I just don't like like the fact that he's in the movie. This is going to be my one nitpick about the movie. Oh, maybe, really? maybe I think it was the actor that bothered me. I think maybe if it oh, was he's a supposed different... to bother you, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying bothered me in the context of the plot. I'm just saying bothered me, like you know, you know, overall, like his performance. Okay, I, I wasn't a fan of, and um, like every time he talked, especially watching this movie back again, like I just wanted him. Like especially this scene where he does this whole speech, I just wanted it to end. Like I really wasn't mm. engaged by it. So, well, yeah
1: okay well i love that he's <laughs> not a huge fan i love the i love the moment in the conclusion where chris really gets his uh his fuck you moment to him yeah. so that's why um, it was all worth oh, it satisfying that. yeah <laughs> oh yeah so we cut to dinner after we're introduced to jeremy and first of all how disgusting did you find this story when he was like yeah rose she used to like keep a toenail collection i'm like this fucking bitch is a psycho get the hell out get the hell out This what <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. bites her toenails Chris, off and
0: keeps them. Chris what plays the? it off like he's like he's like ha ha cute. It. Yeah,
1: I'm like what? That's not cute. <laughs> no matter who says it, that's not cute. <laughs> yeah. so, so um, so then he tells another story about them like him and Rose and they were kids. They had a party and he just comes off like a super douchebag. He's like, yeah, I was hooking up with the hottest girl ever, and he's just like, Rose is like, do you hear how you sound? I'm like, yeah, this guy's a. F- I can't wait for him to get killed, but uh. <laughs> Chris is, like, being such, like, a bro. He's just sitting there, like, nodding, like, all right, dude. But then uh, Missy goes to get dessert. I mean, I love when she opens the swing... First of all, swinging doors in horror movies are always a plus. But when she opens it, you see Georgina just standing there, like, <laughs> with the tray. I'm like, damn, there's something wrong with this girl. But uh, then uh, Missy goes in the kitchen, and uh, Jeremy goes, like, dude, are you an MMA fan? And uh, Chris is like, no, man, it's too brutal for me. And then... Then we get this stereotypical, Well, have you been in street fights? And he's like, With your frame and genetic makeup, you could be a genetic beast. I'm like, What what is this conversation <laughs> going yeah. to? And then uh, you probably hate this, you probably hate him even more for this, but Jeremy, he tries to like play wrestle, I guess is the term. But uh, like thankfully Chris shuts that down before it can go anywhere. But he's a typical douchebag of the drunk guy at the party who's like trying to mess around, but he's saying like things that are out of line. That's how I would describe him.
0: The one line that I thought was interesting from him in this scene was the father tries to um, dismiss him and say, shut I think, pretty much, yeah, yeah. shut him up and says, I think we've had enough from you. And he says a line, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, you know, you've had your turn. Now it's my turn to like, get to know him well, in a way. So like, like a, again, on the yeah, surface, yeah. that seems like kind of normal, like an overprotective brother, maybe trying to get to know the new boyfriend. but. Now that, now that we know the meaning, like, right. there's kind of an, a little extra layer there, too. He wants right. to get to know the new, you know, body that they brought in. Like, right. maybe the he genetic, wants to... like
1: I said, the genetic makeup of yeah. this new. Yeah, yeah. I thought that host. was a good line. That was, like, the only host. line from this scene I liked. And <laughs> he plays it off well because he does say, he's like, you got to hound him. Like, you know, this is my sister. I want to hound him. He plays it off, like, like you said, like, yeah. I'm the protective brother, but you know, there's ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's not. He doesn't give a shit about anybody, this guy. yeah. Um, So after that whole sequence, you know, that was the first day. After that first day, I'd be like, Rose, I don't know if this is going to work out. (laughs) That's what I would say if I were Chris. But, you know, they're getting ready to go to bed. And, you know, Rose is pretty much just complaining about them. She's like, wow, they're no different from the cop. Like, she's trying to be like, oh, I didn't know my family was like this. And then Chris is like, I don't want to say it, but I told you so. So that's a little hint to see Rose. She's still... Playing off, you know, no, I, my family can never be like this. You know, Rose is brilliant perfect- because
0: one of the strongest, yeah. I want to say, emotions that you can see from someone is, especially someone you care about, is disappointment. So, right. Rose acts extremely disappointment, uh, disappointed towards her family. So it kind of, and then she admits, she says she's sorry and that she's wrong. She was wrong. So it kind of lets Chris's guard down and he like he puts his laptop away and he's like, no, come here, come here, come here. It's okay. Like, you know, you don't have to be disappointed in your family. That's just, you know, I hate to say I told you so, but I thought that was a good scene. And again, that was um, one. This is one of the scenes that kind of makes you think, okay, like she's admitting that she was wrong. Like maybe she's not as bad as we think, but something's definitely going on. So we got to find out. Don't trust them
1: bitches. Don't (laughs) trust them bitches. So uh, then we get a really super cool scene. So it's overnight and Chris, he can't sleep. So he's walking through the house. And then we do, we get like, he walks through a hallway and then we get a creepy little jump scare with Georgina like creepily walking behind him. It was random, but it was cool. Um, So then he goes outside to smoke a cigarette and we literally get a shot of Walter, the groundskeeper. He's just sprinting towards Chris. And then he just makes like a 90 degree angle turn like right before he gets to him. And I'm sorry. And then he turns around and then he sees Regina. She's just staring and like, almost like, it almost looks like her eyes are like twitching. And She's staring out the window. I'm like, dude, if this isn't a sign to get out, I don't know what is. Get out. Get out. So yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> so Chris goes back inside and Missy, she's in her office sitting there. Almost, w- we know she's waiting for him to come back inside, you know, after the fact. But she's sitting there, you know, all in it. She's like, oh, come sit with me for a little while. Come talk to me. So Chris goes into Missy's office, and then she asks him, like, do you want to know how the hypnosis works? And then he's like, well, I'm sitting here, I guess so. So she says, we use focal points to guide patients to a state of heightened suggestibility. So then we're all, um, I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, you don't want to be in this situation. Yeah. So then she pretty much gets aggressive with him. She's like, do you smoke in front of my daughter? And he's like, I'm going to quit because she's playing it off as she's trying to give him this hypnosis. So he stops smoking. But in reality, obviously, she's not. Um, They're super concerned about his
0: smoking habit. Yeah. Right. And We know why. You smoke in front of my daughter,
1: blah, blah. Right.
0: Yeah. We know why. Because, you know, they want him. They want the the most healthy body possible. Right. So the bid will go up when they start bidding for him.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, so messed up. But then she pretty much cuts to, she's like, oh, what about your mother? Like, where were you when she died? And then uh, he gets, you can, I love his uh, His facial acting is so good. But you can tell he gets that alert. And he's like, holy shit, she's already in the process of hypnotizing me. And, you know, so she starts stirring her tea. And then he's like, I was home watching TV and it was raining at night. That's the night my mother died. And then once he tells her that, he hears the rain. So he's transported into, you know, that night, his the night of his trauma when his mom died. Mm-hmm. And we find out she was coming home from work and she didn't come home. He didn't do anything. He just, you know, sat at home, watched TV. He felt paralyzed. He didn't call anyone because he thought that if he called anyone, it would make it real. And he starts scratching his chair that he's sitting in. And then this is, to me, this is his uh, four year consideration Oscar clip. He's, starts tearing at the couch and you can tell his reaction to what she's saying and the emotion of reliving his past. He just gets these tears like sh- streaming down his face, but he's also like his eye acting. I don't know. This dude is like amazing, but yeah. um, you know, he's like, I can't move. I'm paralyzed. And it's horrible. And she's like, yeah, you're paralyzed. Just like the day your mother died when you didn't get up. I'm like, Ooh, this yeah fucking bitch. <laughs> but uh, I just want to give him a shout out because like, that was just, amazing amazing performance in this oh, sequence, it was definitely but the she, highlight it's great right yeah
0: like you said he's his face acting because he becomes paralyzed in this scene but right. he still conveys so much emotion and what the hell is going on in his mind like it's you're with right there with him you can feel everything that he's feeling almost and it's fucking great yeah,
1: and it's so smart because you can argue that he's paralyzed because she's hypnotizing, him or he's paralyzed because he's reliving what happened to his mom. So it's again brilliant that Jordan Peele is giving these well, like, well, multiple layers yeah. to everything. Well, right, well, she, she but it's smart. Him to she's that literally place. hypnotizing. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. So then after that, um, she pretty much she tells him she says sink into the floor, and then she just says sink, and then we get this super 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 uh cool shot where I would say he pretty much falls into this abyss of darkness and uh missy she goes she like hovers over i love the way it's shot i can't even describe it you Mm -hmm. have to watch the movie but she hovers over him and she's like now you're in the sunken place and then right after that chris wakes up you know next day Mm -hmm. so he's like was that a dream did that happen we don't know so yeah i love
0: that shot i love the way it looked how it was he's like floating he's like floating back
1: yeah it's so cool
0: but you, he can still see her because it's like a window or like, I, I right. think it's like a TV. It looks like a TV that he's falling oh, yeah. away from, but it's his eyes, what his eyes see. And he still can right. hear everything, but he's just, he's getting further and further away from his body and his eyes. And he's just, in he's this aware, happiness. but he physically can't do anything about it. No, no, he's
1: totally. Right. Yeah. He's aware. He has he's all hypnotized. his senses. He's he hypnotized. just can't
0: talk or anything. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's that night, and then he wakes up, you know he's like, "Oh shit, was that a dream?" And he looks at his phone, and uh we get a we get a pick from Rod of Sid, and then uh, it's important because right after he sees that he plugs his phone into the charger, so that's at important. at this point,
0: did you think of what- what were you thinking at this point um, were you thinking what most people like, were thinking
1: like like i mean as in like what's at this going point,
0: on? yeah, I mean, at this point, like I'm thinking I, mean,
1: I knew obviously Georgina they was
0: hypnotized too. and right. they're going to hypnotize him at the end. I, you know, I got that, much... but I had
1: no idea what they were doing to the bodies. Like that wasn't clear to me yet. Like the yeah. surgical whole shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had no hint of that. I just like, Oh, maybe they're hypnotizing them and keeping them captive. That's what I thought. You know? Okay. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's what like, I didn't everyone know. thought at this point. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know like how deep it actually went. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also thought so, uh, the sunken
0: yeah. place could have been a great title for the movie instead of Get Out.
1: I love the title Get Out. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> I can't? It's such because it's so I love Sunken, sunken it's place. it's commentary it on, on uh, yeah. because when you watch a horror movie and you know Laurie Strode walks into the house, what are you yelling at her? Get out, get out! It's commentary on horror movies that the title alone is just commentary on every horror movie the audience is yelling at these characters to get the fuck out. I'm not here to and argue the, the title. No, no, I love yeah, the yeah. title too. I'm just but saying so that's clever. such a cool yeah, name yeah. for it. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I think that could be like a cool band name or something too. Like the side. I think
1: place. it's the way they, uh, <laughs> they effectively use that phrase. Like she, to, I mean, I will give credit to the mom, uh, Catherine Keener. That every time she says it, I get like a little chill up my yeah. spine. She's like, now you're in the sunken place. Yeah. It's a cool Shit. term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the next day, uh, Chris, you know, he that up. That could be a title
0: for the prequel um yeah that's something i want to talk about yeah. one of my nitpicks in yeah. this movie but i'm, I'm gonna save that towards the end okay so let's keep going
1: <laughs> um yeah so yeah so he goes outside the next day he's trying to start his day fresh which i would be like i'd be packing my bags but whatever so he's taking pictures and uh, well i think you know, he thinks he goes, it was a
0: dream at first. He does. no he, yeah. does. he doesn't
1: know he doesn't know what to believe yeah he doesn't know he's like was that a dream but um so he's outside taking pictures and he goes over to say hi to walter and uh, Walter's just like again, he's speaking so like robotically and creepy, but he does apologize for last night. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, I was doing my exercise. I'm like, what the, fuck? what <laughs> kind of exercise was that? <laughs> was was, his excuse was he was one exercising. of the
0: creepier and funnier scenes because his voice yeah. is so funny. It's like such and a his smirk, his super... smirk is so. Creepy. So we know that it's the the white grandfather that's in Walter. Yes. So like knowing that, like Roman yeah his voice is like so white and it, it <laughs> you know again because he's in this uncomfortable environment like hearing that like chris was like what the fuck is going on because yeah. he even says the rose like it's not what he said it's how he said it
1: yeah he says yeah. that he just sees like his demeanor like everything about him yeah um, but uh walter asked he goes D- did it work you know you were in the o- that office for quite some time last night and then he goes, I should just get back to work and mind my own business. So that just puts in Chris's head. He's like, holy shit. She did hypnotize me. Yeah, he goes, so oh, so yeah, that's goes, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So Chris goes to Rose. He's like, I think your mom hypnotized me last night. He goes, I can barely remember anything, but the thought of a cigarette makes me want to throw up. And she's like, oh, man, she did it. She did that. Like, just, again, pushing it off. Like, oh, man, she hypnotized my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Let's go to the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so then we start seeing everyone they're arriving for what they call the garden party. Rich people talk. Um, <laughs> so we start. Chris gets introduced to everyone, and it's just pretty much like stereotypical like talk about like the black race. Because the first couple we get introduced to, they're like, "Oh, like you ever play golf?" And he's like, "No, not really." And he's like, "Well, I know Tiger Woods." I'm like, "Okay." Okay, you you naming the one black golf player you can think of, like yeah, I love him, and then this other woman, she's like admiring Chris's body and physique, and she's like grabbing his arm and like touching his chest, and she's like, "Is it true what they say to Rose?" I'm like, it's all like the typical like stereotypical like things that like you people would converse about, and then this other couple, they're like, yeah, well, now it's all blacks in fashion now, and I'm like, oh my god, this poor guy just needs to get out of this scenario, so um. He runs out of there, and he goes to take pictures of, like, the gazebo area, and we are introduced to, um, we see that he's taking pictures, we see Logan, we're introduced to a guy named Logan, who we find out is the guy from the beginning of the movie, the opening scene. So he sees Logan in the opening scene, and he's, um, he goes up to say hi to Logan, and Logan's acting exactly like the groundskeeper and the housekeeper. He's like, alright, he thought he was able to have, like, a down-to-earth conversation with someone else, but nope. So then he goes by the gazebo, and he meets Jim Hudson, who was a blind art dealer. And they, you know, Jim knows the way to Chris's heart, and they bond over the art and photography and all that. So they have actually, like, an actual pretty normal conversation. Like, Chris doesn't feel awkward in that moment. Yeah. So that They're was a the very good instruction that character. Chris knows yes, about him. exactly. Yeah. All right.
0: Next time you watch this movie, anyone listening, just watch all the party guests in the background and what they're doing like behind chris's backs so yeah yeah, this one i mean obviously this one they're not in the background they show you right now it's so creepy just the subtle things that happen in the background throughout the party once you know what's going on it's like oh yeah that's super creepy yeah
1: it's messed up so yeah so after that conversation chris goes back to the house because he wants to go check on his phone upstairs that's been charging and once he like goes through the common area, the living room, whatever you want to call it, and goes up the stairs, everyone stops talking and they just stare and look up. I thought that was, that was really unsettling. That creeped me out. Yeah. So they just stop and stare upstairs. So, uh, that's another hint. You're like, they're all in on this shit.
0: Yeah. They're either all so, in on it or like they're brainwashed too. Like what the fuck are they all doing? Like, what, are they real? Like what's going on? Yeah. Right. Super weird. Right. It's normal. It, people yeah. don't do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he goes upstairs, and uh, he checks his phone, but he realizes that his phone was not plugged in. So somebody un- unplugged it, so his phone wasn't able to fully charge. And then he believes Georgina unplugged his phone, and he tells Rose that he thinks that Georgina doesn't approve that they're in an interracial relationship, pretty much. That's what he tells her. And, uh, of course, she pushes it off again. She's like, oh, you're just... Because you're just so perfect, right? He's like, no... So she's such a bitch, but uh, she he calls Rod after that, and he tells Rod that he got hypnotized, and Rod is like literally us. Rod's the audience. He's like fuck that. How are you not scared of this shit? White people love sex, sex, sex slaves. Yeah. <laughs> and then he makes a hilarious like Jeffrey Dahmer joke. That I can't I can't repeat because I don't, it's just so long. But it's it had me like falling off my couch laughing. Yeah. Watching the movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like. Jeffrey Downer, that motherfucker, is killing black people, chopping their heads off and fucking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny. So Rod literally tells him in this moment, he connects the dots for him. He's like, uh, these people, they're trying to like, these, he, these black people are probably hypnotized by the mom. And that's literally what's happening. And he says that to uh, Chris right then and there. But then um, after that, You know, Chris says he has to go. And then Georgina comes in and she apologizes for the phone situation. Pretty much saying, you know, I was cleaning and I lifted it up by accident. You know, typical excuse. Blah, blah, blah. And then he tried. This is the scene you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And he tries to have like an actual conversation with her. Yeah. And he's like, you know, too many white people. I get nervous. I get it. And then she's like super, super weird. And she looks like she wants to say something again. but she And she almost starts crying. But then she starts laughing. She does. Again, cry. great acting. Tear. Def- great, great acting. Yeah. We have to highlight it because she was amazing. I don't have her name handy, but uh, she was great. Oh, um, that's whoever true. Played George- oh, Betty, Betty Gabriel. She was great. Um, So she starts. She like has she gets teary eyed, but then she starts like laughing. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. The Armitage family, like they would never. They're great to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> great. How did scene. you take that? Great scene.
0: How did you take that?
1: Um, Right then, like at the first time I watched the movie, I took it as she was hypnotized and she was almost trying to escape it in that moment. But she couldn't. And that's why she like had to push back. She's like, no, 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 no. She was almost afraid to admit anything to him, to ask for help or to warn him because she didn't want whatever repercussions were going to happen to her. Because obviously I didn't know the real Mm -hmm. deal yet how did you take
0: that um i thought it was the person trying to you know come up from the sunken place and speak and when she's saying no 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 it's she's not actually saying it to chris she's saying it to the person in her head that she took over the person's body she's saying it to that person like no 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 get back in your place I feel like that was a double meaning right. there. When she well, was well, I could that. take
1: that on rewatch, no, 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 no. but the first watch, obviously yeah, that's what I meant. It, yeah. yeah, no, that's oh, what right, I meant on now. rewatch. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think she's trying to well, the the actual black person is trying to come up to say something, but yeah, George, or that we find out the grandmother. I forget, I don't remember her name. She's pretty much pushing her back down. You know. Yeah. Fighting yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I got. I, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would say yeah. that's literally what was happening probably
0: yeah but i think the no 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 wasn't to chris i think it was to the person oh yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. trying to get her she's like she's no you can't putting talk. it off as it yeah. is to chris so yeah. i was like
1: no, no 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 they're a great family yeah, yeah. again clever <laughs> clever writing yeah. so uh yeah so chris after that first of all after that i'm sorry i would have to leave but uh, he goes back outside and, <laughs> and he gets thrown into another conversation and he's pretty much asked he's like do you think being black is more of an advantage or a disadvantage. And he calls Logan over, again, the guy from the beginning, who we think his name is Logan. He calls him over for like assistance and help. And again, Logan gives like this robotic answer, like, oh, I don't really know. I'm just thankful to be here, pretty much. And Chris like snaps a picture of him on his phone, so it flashes, and Logan freaks the hell out. And it's almost like he comes back to... And he yelled, He starts screaming at Chris to get out. He says get out like a bunch of times. Like, get out. Well, he get does. Out, it's not almost. Now. I think it definitely literally, is he li- the inner. Yeah. He literally says it's, that. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's Andre. Andre yeah, we could say. So
1: Right. It's Andre. Andre is the actual person. Is the actual um, person from right. the first scene of the movie. The opening. Right. Yeah. Who we don't, don't like, Logan, I didn't I didn't
0: realize that at first. Um, oh, really? Did you know it was him from the moment you saw him? Because he's so clean that he was shaven. the guy from the opening scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I no. knew. Yeah, oh, you knew I'm not very good with faces yeah. like that, especially when they change, you know okay. the complexion and he shaved his facial hair. So I didn't pick up on that right away. It wasn't until like a little later on. I was like, Oh wait, that's the guy from the first scene. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I got it right away. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Um so after that, uh he's taken into Missy's office and they close the door. So obviously he's put back into his trance in that scene. Yeah. And uh you know, he comes back out. He apologizes to Chris. He's like, you know, I think it's time for me to leave this party, pretty much. So then Chris is like, I got to get the fuck out of here and go for a walk. So he goes for a walk with Rose. And um, as they are having their sidewalk, Dean, the dad, and the rest of the party, they look, they're like sitting by the gazebo and it looks like he's instructing them. And like, I would say it looks like they're playing bingo. But Well, he says out. the
0: reason they go for a walk is because the dad says the most ridiculous unappealing thing he goes oh yeah yeah, yeah. why don't we get this party started again and have some sparklers and uh let's do sparklers and bingo (laughs) like what so like like, that was obviously code for the daughter for rose to like get him out of the party so like he picked the like the two lamest things possible sparklers and bingo so she can say, oh, okay, let's, let's go for a walk. We're going to go for a walk. Right, right, right. So on the surface, so, he just thinks she's trying to save him from sparklers right. and bingo. But obviously that was planned.
1: <laughs> so, so as they're uh, you know, doing their walk, we, again, we think they're playing bingo, but we get a zoom out and we see this big picture of Chris in the front. And it's revealed that they're pretty much auctioning him. Yeah, it's a silent and auction. Yeah, crazy. Jim Hudson the blind guy who Chris met a little while ago, he wins the auction. Uh-huh. So um, then we cut back to Chris and Rose and Chris is pretty much telling her, like, I need to go right now. You know, he lets her know. And then he, he does, like, divulge finally what happened to his mom. He goes, I feel guilty because my mom, she actually initially survived the hit and run and he didn't do anything. So she was left for dead, you know, while he was watching TV. She didn't die right away. So he's thinking if I didn't leave her to die on the side of the road, You know, I could have helped her. She pretty much, she died alone on the side of the room. So then he tells her this vulnerable thing and then Rose comforts him, you know, and makes him feel good. And he's like, all right, I love you. I want you to leave with me. So she knows, again, she knows how to get to his emotions Mm -hmm. because he's confiding in her because he still trusts her at this point, which I don't know if I would if I were him, but whatever. He still does. And, you know, he's like, I love you. Thank you for like listening to that. And then he's like, I want you to leave with me.
0: This was so. one of the first big red flags for Rose in this scene because he says, I want you to leave with me and she's hesitant and he goes, I'm leaving either way with or without you. And she kind of, it's a pretty dick move. She like uses the fact that he just um talked about his mother and how he didn't like, be, like he left his mother and on the side of the he road feels and she goes, yeah. what are you going to yeah. leave me? Like, you can't leave me here. Like, that's right. so unfair. Like, what the, what a fucking bitch. Like. Yeah, she's like, feeding
1: into she's feeding yeah. off of his trauma so manipulative she's like, yeah. Oh, yeah yeah
0: so that was like one of the first instances where i was like whoa rose like what the fuck like you're gonna like stay and make the guy leave on right. his own and make him feel guilty about leaving you like it's it's your family it's your fucked up family like why is that so bad that he wants like he's not leaving you in the middle of nowhere like it's just literally like your you're childhood your home like with your family so I thought that
1: was fucking and can, weird. And you can also tell how manipulative she because once he tells her that story, she she right then and there she's like, "How can I use this?" Yeah. For leverage oh, yeah. for me, and he
0: he unfortunately gives in and buys it and like says, well, "All right." Because he doesn't want to leave anyone. Because exactly, he gives he in because of his what yeah, happened right. to his mother. He said, "All right, I'm not going to leave you like I left my mother." Pretty much,
1: yeah. Right. And he's like, "I love you. So, please come with me." But us and as an like, audience, oh, we can see
0: through that. Yeah
1: right well some people didn't though because i saw it in the theater and a lot of people when there's a reveal they were like "Oh." the reaction to that reveal was great but anyway, oh, yeah so, it was yeah. still a
0: good reveal but that was one of the big red flags yeah. where i was like oh maybe she's not like a great person yeah. <laughs> yeah so
1: um as they you know they're they're arriving back at the house it's getting dark out the party's wrapping up everyone's leaving and as rose and chris are right back at the house like they're her immediate family, like her brother and her two parents, are just like staring at them so creepily as they're walking back in the house. Mm-hmm. They don't say anything. And I'm just like, This is this is the night. Shit's going down. <laughs> yeah. You can tell from that. Yeah. So, so Chris is packing up and he sends a picture of Logan, you know, Andre, to Rod. And then Rod calls him immediately immediately and he says, That's not Logan, that's <laughs> Andre. Yeah. <laughs> they we find out that. Chris did know him. They knew his sister. They knew, yeah. si- they knew uh, Andre's sister, Teresa. And, you know. And then he's like, he came to a party with an old woman. <laughs> and then Rod's like, sex slave, sex slave. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. And he's like, you need to get the fuck out of there, man. So Chris's phone dies right then and there. And he's really panicking. He's like frantic. And he's like, Rose, get your fucking bag. Get the keys. We got to go. So Rose's like, all right, let me go get my bag. So then as rose leaves we see there's conveniently a door in rose's bedroom open it's like a mini mini closet like escape door like an escape patch room it reminds me of like the little harry potter's room in this in the first movie his little uh closet mm-hmm. under the steps <laughs> but uh yeah so he notices the doors open obviously on purpose and uh he finds this case with pictures of rose and numerous black men like and they're like in romantic positions, like she's been, da- she's dated other black men. That's what yeah. it looks like. A when lot she told him, of other right, black a guys. lot, not like yeah. one, not two, like it was like four 40. or five. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. we see at least well, I'm, like five i I'm exaggerating. Or six. I'm yeah. exaggerating. Yeah, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it's like, all right, she lied about that. She so lied. right then and there, if you didn't know, oh, you have to know that she's. And then, then but the big the reveal, reveal so was good. Georgina and this? Walter. You see the photos yes. of them. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you see the photos of Georgina and Walter, and you're like, okay, but we don't know who's (laughs) implanted in them yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh no, no, we don't know anything at this point. Like with the procedure and stuff. Yeah. Right, right, right. We don't know anything about the procedure. I thought Chris was good. So Rose
0: comes back in, and he uh, Chris plays it cool. I thought this was a good decision from him because he's upstairs, trapped upstairs. Like he needs to get in a better position to leave before he can freak out. So. He doesn't confront oh, yeah. her about the photos. He nope. she's like, Oh, uh, what were you doing in there? He's like, Oh, I was just looking for my camera. And he plays it really cool.
1: And uh um, like, ready to go, pretty much. You find the keys it? She's like, yeah. No. So she comes back in, she's like, I didn't find the keys. So he's like, All right, let's just fucking get out of the house, then we'll find the keys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he said, We'll so do it on the way. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So they're trying to like get down their stairs and leave, and like the family's pretty much harassing Chris and saying shit. And, you know, he's begging Rose, like, please find these keys. And the and then Dean's like so, Chris, what's your purpose in life? And he's just saying a bunch of crazy shit. <laughs> and uh, Chris is like, Rose, get these fucking keys now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny, but it's also suspenseful. And then Jeremy he, like starts swinging at him with a fucking lacrosse stick. Yeah, I know. Fucking asshole, like randomly. Like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? So uh, then we get might be my favorite see- scene of the movie because it's this. she does it so expertly. She's fuddling for the keys and she's actually starts like hyperventilating and crying. And then in a split second, she's like pulls out the keys. She's like, you know I can't give these to you, right? I'm like, oh shit. That was a perfect delivery yeah. of that line. Totally so. Sold she's it. like it's sobbing. The and then she just goes straight face. She's like, You know, I can't let you have these keys, right? I'm like, oh shit, this fucking bitch. And then uh, so we obviously Chris just throws his bag down. He's like, all right. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> and Missy tells him to go to this, tells him to sink. And he goes into the sunken place. So he pretty much collapses. Um. So he passes out. Well, he doesn't pass out. He goes into the sunken place. And then we go back, we cut back to Rod. He's trying to call Chris. And uh, Rod researches Andre. And we find out that Andre obviously was reported missing. So now he's a missing person. And uh, Rod, he's such a good, he might be, the best friend in a horror movie. Like he's top five best friends in a horror movie. Um, he goes to the police station. He tries to report it, but he like goes into this whole hysterics of, you know, sex slaves, hypnotized, you know, and they don't believe him. They literally, the officer, she brings in the rest of her crew to come laugh at him pretty much. Cause they don't believe, they'll literally laugh at him. Not yeah. pretty much. Um, so they don't believe him. So then we cut back to Chris. He wakes up in the basement that was sealed off earlier in the movie. And he's tied to a chair with uh there's like a mounted deer and there's a TV like an old school TV in front of them and a video pops up and it pretty much is uh Dean's dad the grandfather he's explaining the situation so he explains that the family they transplant people's brains into other bodies and it gives them preferably black bodies and it gives them you know this stereotypical physical traits of a black person and it's almost like a twisted form of uh you know immortality that they get so they they want the traits of these black people um so they can go on and be superior which is also hilarious commentary because of how racist they were (laughs) throughout the whole movie um so it's kind of like that was a bonkers a reveal in my opinion but they say the host their conscious remains in state but they're in the sunken place. So they are alive, but they're like powerless. They can't physically do anything about it. So that's the big reveal of what the hell is going on down there. Crazy shit. I did not see that that was a reveal.
0: Oh, no, me neither. Super creepy reveal. And he says something interesting. He says our order has been developing this procedure. So there's some kind of order that's been like generational passed down and you and assume at like, that point that all is the, the yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, sorry. my
1: family's the one to crack it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, everyone in the movie, uh, I guess, is part of this order, like at the party and stuff. Right. And their family's the one to, like, perfect this procedure. So, Well, again, Dean's a
1: neurosurgeon, so he does this part, but Missy does the hypnotizing part. So that's, yeah. that's why his profession was important from earlier in the movie. But then uh, after that, we, get, we cut to a feat of Jim, who's the one who won the auction. And he's speaking with Chris through, like, the intercoms. Like, do you have any questions? And then he does say, he's like, even though the, the family they target mainly black, people, he was like, I don't care about the race. I just want your eyesight. Which is like, all right, dude. So then uh, Chris is hypnotized again to go back to the sunken place. And uh, I love this next scene. We cut back to Rod and he calls Chris's phone again, but Rose answers. And again, she's doing some great acting in this scene. She's, uh, she goes full uh, psycho. But, um, she's like, yeah, Chris left two days ago after being, after getting all paranoid, and, uh, Rod hangs, he's like, can you hold on a second? And he mutes the phone, he's like, you lying bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love that part. so good. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, um, he knows, obviously, she's lying, so, uh, she tries to put it off as, like, oh, I know that you really want to be with me, and he's like, fuck you, that's my best friend. Again, he's, he might need the trophy for best friend ever award. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, Jeremy the brother he comes to get Chris for his surgery but we find out that Chris was scratching the chair just like he did when he was a kid and in the in the original office when he was getting hypnotized and he's able to scratch the chair to get cotton so he put the cotton in his ears so he wasn't hypnotized and he's able to uh he blocked that hypnosis trigger and he uh bludgeons Jeremy with a ball I'm assuming you enjoyed this scene when he uh, just pretty much whacks him in the head a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good scene. That was cool. He's fighting back. I love a fighter. Yeah. Um, I saw some interesting so,
0: commentary yeah. from Jordan Peele. He said that uh, it was not a the coincidence cotton. that he picked cotton to free himself. Yeah. Like yeah. the irony um, of that. You just said of, it right there. Of a black picked guy cotton. picking yeah. cotton. Yeah. Yeah. So he, def- Again, that was definitely genius. intentional. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Love that. So obviously, uh, he knocks Jeremy. Well, I don't know why he didn't hit Jeremy more, but Jeremy, we think he's dead, but, you know, he's unconscious. So then uh, we get Dean coming in to take Chris for the surgery, but Chris impales him <laughs> with the antlers from the deer that was mounted on the wall. No, so he, he does doesn't. He doesn't.
0: Yeah, no. You First, you see, Um, so their planning was pretty poor. They should have got Chris in the surgery room, like, secure. No, because now they just have a gym station ready to go. He's operating on, on gym. At the same time course, that yeah. Chris well, he's is supposed to be, his yeah, but he's not in the same room. I don't know why Chris, no, no, no. wasn't in the operating room yet. They should have, like, he should have helped his son with Chris and then I had think the two he's bodies. He's going to get
1: hypnotized. He's sort to get hypnotized. Well, yeah, exactly. That, uh, like, make yeah, sure he's yeah.
0: hypnotized and put him on the operating yeah. table. Like, very yeah. poor planning. I don't know why they did it. Like, like, were they in that much of a rush? Like, stupid. So anyway, yeah, he opens up Jim's brain and cranium.
1: And yes. um, it's that not until he answer.
0: realizes that the, uh, Chris isn't here yet, that the sun is taking a while, that he goes into the hallway right. to look for Chris. He's like, what the fuck's going and on? And he gets the antlers. He gets, yeah. he
1: gets impaled super quick. There's no fight. He yeah. just pretty much impales him right away. But when he impales him, he knocks over a candle, which sets fire to the operating room mm-hmm. that Jim is still sedated in. So, you know. Jim's yeah. Like and dog. again,
0: um, this is the one nitpick I wanted to touch on. I'll, I'll, let, I'll talk about it now. There's a candle in the operating room so it almost seemed like it was some sort of ritual that they were doing yeah and again it plays on what the grandfather said he said our order so i don't know if it's like some ritualistic order um you know spiritualistic um religion that they do but why else would there be a candle you know what i mean like in the operating room
1: i kept it simple i was like it adds the hypnosis vibes the sans vibes that was my simple really like, yeah but that, so that kind of goes it.
0: into my nitpick I, I wish we got uh that a little bit f- uh fleshed out a little bit more um i would i would love to see a prequel movie of the order okay, like and, the and all that of, uh, and the history the, and yeah. stuff and what this okay. ritual is and stuff and uh, yeah i i just it was creepy the yeah. fact that we don't get a lot but like they kind of touched on it and you like it left me wanting more. I was like, "Oh, well, we got, that's I think, interesting." In my
1: opinion, that explanation video was more than enough because we literally found out the, like, the nitty gritty details. And once the action started, like I didn't want to take a break. I just wanted to keep put the pedal to the metal because mm-hmm. pretty much the last after that, it's just nonstop him trying to escape.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I mean the whole layout of the movie and the third act was fine. I don't have an issue with that. I just I'm a type of guy who likes to dive into these, you know, uh, settings and plots and. When I get little like hints of something, I kinda wish it was explored a little bit more. Cause again, I'm gonna say this almost every episode. I'm a sucker for like good villains and stuff. So anytime you get like little hints about the motives of villains in these horror movies, like I want that to be explored more. So I don't necessarily think it should have been in the movie, because like you said, it's it's a great movie and the pacing is fine, but maybe like do like a prequel movie would be really fucking badass to kind of explore that and stuff like the, when the grandfather was younger and like trying to develop this and you know more about the cults or the order that they call it and what they are and if they're like satanic or like illuminati like i, I
1: don't know right.
0: yeah. why they do black people <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Jesse <so> that's, <laughs> a, that's a dean's death scene and then uh you know so chris is escaping that area and he goes upstairs and missy attacks him but Chris stabs her, like, and kills her right away again. I think it might be a shot to the eye. We don't really see it, but I think he stabs her in the eye. And uh, then he's attacked by Jeremy again because Jeremy didn't die. And this is my favorite part. He overpowers him um, and kills Jeremy. He pretty much just stomps nonstop on his fucking head mm-hmm. and kills him. I love that part. Yeah. Um, so then he's escaping the house on the way out. He hits Georgina. And we are revealed that Georgina is possessed by the grandmother, Marion, and he knocks her unconscious. But he feels bad because, again, his guilt is overtaking him. So he takes her and carries her to the car. Yeah. But she awakens and she attacks him. And then, you know, in their struggle, he crashes and Georgina is killed. Yeah. And then um, we see Rose. She's armed and she comes out with Walter. And he's possessed by the grandpa. So uh, and I love how she's like, "Come on, Grandpa, let's go, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. So Chris, he's actually smart. He's a smart final guy in this scene. He uses the flash on his phone to kind of like um, get knock Walter out of it. Mm-hmm. Before so we get Walter, too far, we forgot to yeah, mention like yeah.
0: one of the more iconic scenes: where Rose upstairs in her bedroom with the Fruit Loops and the milk. Oh, yeah, the, first of all, what a <laughs> what fucking crazy bitch! Yeah,
1: she's putting. She's not even eating cereal. She has a bowl of Fruit Loops dry, and then a glass of milk next to her. Crazy bitch, right there. You, how do you not just have? <laughs> and she cereal? drinks milk oh. out of a
0: straw, and she takes Disgusting. one Fruit Loop and doesn't even eat the whole Fruit Loop. She takes a oh, bite of half and,
1: of it. Yeah. And by the way, she's also researching like NCAA basketball players to be the next victim. The next victim. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I it was kind of funny. I think I, I saw a YouTube video of uh, Jordan Peele going through like different fan theories, and there was one like crazy fan theory i think it was just a case of someone looking too much into this movie they were saying like is it like does she separate the milk and the fruit loops because she's separating whites and colors and jordan peele was like no you're wrong like that's totally not if anything she would want to mix them first of all and he said no it was literally like we just wanted to have like a scene where it really conveyed how psychotic and crazy rose is (laughs) (laughs)
1: i I was gonna say that's i got i I said psycho bitch once i saw that she like separated (laughs) the milk in this year i'm like oh fucking (laughs) crazy bitch yeah she's listening um, to
0: music and like looking up her next victim yeah so creepy
1: yeah she's crazy but Uh, yeah we'll get back yeah yeah. back to
0: walter so he uses his flash on his phone again because he remembers that that worked on andre and um i just want to say um like in the video the old school video they said they kind of perfected this procedure but if your procedure is that um fragile to where a flash from a camera phone can like undo it and like jolt the person out of the sunken place, like should you really be like trusting this and like cuz like Andre's character, I forget his name, the the persona he has. You assume like he came Logan. to the party with his older wife, so you assume that he's been in that body for I would safely say at least a few weeks, if not longer, maybe like a year. I don't know, like a long time. So like they're trusting this procedure where like, what, what would happen if a camera flashed while he was at home? Like he would just like fucking go crazy and go to the cops. And like, I wanted more like, you know, that's one of my nitpicks. Like, okay, say a camera flashes in front of Andre. Is he permanently out of the sunken place now? Or is it like, He's only out of the sunken place momentarily, because when it happens at the party, they have to take him into the other room, and the mother has to kind of do her hypnosis again. I assume. So, like, does he have to go there every couple of weeks to get like rehypnotized to keep the bond strong, or is oh, yeah, it like she def- permanent? She
1: definitely has to continue to. Work you think on so? Because even in- yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, like I would have liked to know a little bit more details on that. Like, if a camera flash is the only thing that's stopping these people from. Escaping like that's not a very concrete solution. <laughs> I don't know. Like that could get them in trouble pretty quickly.
1: Well, they said it's taken generations to figure out just this <laughs> step. So yeah, figuring actually, that shit out. Yeah,
0: I think they jumped the gun. They got a little greedy, <laughs> and that was their downfall.
1: <laughs> but I do like when he uh, snaps Walter out of his trance. Walter does step up and he uses the rifle and he shoots um Rose in the stomach before shooting himself. Yes. So now Rose. Is so Walter injured.
0: pretends to still be. The grandpa, because Rose right. doesn't see the flash, so he turns right. around. And he's like, "Let me do it. Give me the the rifle," and right. um, he shoots Rose. I, I thought that was awesome. Yeah.
1: So then, uh, Chris he begins to strangle Rose, but then he finds himself for some reason unable to follow through with it. I'm sorry, I'd fucking snap her neck in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> he so does he in the alternate ending.
0: He, he follows well, through yeah. in the alternate ending. Yeah.
1: So as he stops, we see sirens approaching and it's so clever again because jordan peel he knows what he's doing because usually in a horror movie at the end you know the heroine or protagonist the hero of the story you're like oh thank god the cops are here they're safe but in this movie you're like oh shit the cops are coming they're either going to find all these bodies and kill him right away or they're going to arrest him and you know he's going to be blamed for these murders so you don't want the cops to come but then we no. get this epic 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 shot of rod coming to the rescue he steps out of the car We're like oh thank god it's rod so uh <laughs> rod saves the day he comes to get chris and i love this as they're dro- they leave rose to bleed out they don't even make sure that she's <laughs> yeah, dead <I> know. <laughs> before they leave i'm like fuck that but anyway uh i love Rod's like i don't want to say it but i told you so <laughs> and yeah. then uh chris is like how did you find me he's like i'm mother i'm t-s motherfucking a yeah. We handle shit. That's we handle we do. shit. Yeah. This situation is handled. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, That's the only way to end this movie. The only way. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then it yeah. ends. Get out. Yeah.
0: Get yeah. out. Awesome. I love so, the, okay. ending. Yeah, we should the ending. Yeah, the ending so great. Yeah. That
1: there was an alternate ending where Chris it was the cops and not Rod, and Chris is actually locked up and blamed for the murders. And he and Rod comes to visit him, he's pretty much just like, I need some names, and he's like, No. I was able to stop it. That's all that matters, and uh, yeah. it's kind of a downer ending. And I will say, as someone who loves downer endings, the the ending they went with was the only way to end the movie, in my opinion. Did you hear um, the commentary of the tone throughout? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: okay. That was interesting. So that was the original ending.
1: It they had was, filmed yeah,
0: that as the original ending, and yeah. he he mentioned the fact that it was. Um, this is Jordan Peele. I'm talking about. That he, when they filmed this movie, it was during the Obama era. So it was during a time where maybe people who are ignorant think that racism is better in America, but it's really under the surface. So he really wanted this original ending to kind of let people know, like, no, this is a real thing that still happens. But he decided to do reshoots because after the Obama era, when we get into like the 2016 election cycle, um, racism started being brought up organically right. throughout the country so he felt like that ending wasn't needed anymore so he wanted to get like a feel-good ending where the 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 black protagonist wins and they he thought that was important so i love that he um was looking at the times in you know real time and adjusting his movie based on what he thinks you know, society needed, I guess, in a way. I thought that was, that And he was, really was like, cool.
1: after all Chris went through, he needs to have a good ending. Cause when I saw it in the theater, everyone, when they heard the sounds are like, Oh no. But then when you find out it was right, everyone would literally cheer. They're like, thank God. Cause we're rooting. <laughs> we love Chris so much. Yeah. We want him to win. We want him to get away. We want yeah. him to get out. Yeah. And he got out. So we love, I love that ending. I think it was, I um, think it was the perfect ending. The good
0: choice because it, uh, like you said, it leaves people, um, Feeling good about the movie, so when they go talk about yeah. it with friends, they're like, "You got to see this movie. It's it's epic." I, I if we would have gotten that darker ending, I don't know if people would have had the same enthusiasm. You know what I mean? Um, so it and might. I not prefer have... dark endings, but in this yeah. movie, yeah. I
1: I didn't. I liked the way they ended it. I love awesome. the way they ended it.
0: All right, guys. So that's Get Out. Any uh, any final thoughts on the movie before we get into our never split out moment and our score?
1: Uh, I think it's a great movie. Like I said, it's a fun, entertaining, creepy movie that has relevant commentary. Jordan Peele knows what he's doing.
0: It's it's so solid. It's not the scariest movie you're ever going to see. Um, like you said, it's pretty accessible. But the writing, for, for a first-time director, especially in this genre, man, like he just hits it out of the park. Oh, yeah. The writing, the direction, the acting... The cinematography, the score, like you mentioned, is just all top notch. And uh I hate the term elevated horror too. because um, it, it's it's trying to demean the rest of the horror. And it, it like you said, it gives critics an out to like to like a horror movie and not feel like they're dumbing down their tastes because they call it elevated horror. And it's just protecting It's a horror movie, man. Just say you like horror. To, say horror is yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah, no horror's horror is allowed to have good acting and good direction without you having to like call it a different thing it's no it's horror and horror
1: is the best because you can explore all these themes within a horror movie because Mm -hmm. you can go batshit crazy and you don't have to say it straight in your face you can do these backdoor themes where you're making a great movie but you just subtly include this kind of shit so it's Mm -hmm. brilliant it's a great genre genre for it because
0: the horror elements help accelerate those themes. Right. So it's great. Yeah. We and talked I, about that a lot. I don't think we mentioned
1: on... it, but uh, this movie's paced superbly. Yeah. It goes by like so swiftly. Like, yeah. wow, it's great.
0: Yeah. Which is what a horror movie should be.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, pacing. I mean, it's important in every genre, but especially in a horror movie to right. keep that tension and keep that it mystery and suspense. builds and builds and, and then builds. it just
1: goes nutso in the end. But yeah, it's so great 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 movie i love this movie so much i think it actually was my favorite movie of 2017 when it came out i think this and it were like neck and neck
0: okay yeah i'd have to go back and look at all the releases but it's def- definitely up there for me it might be one of my favorites too so let's get into our never split up moment uh, again i won last week's poll for the first time so i get to go first
1: so oh, i'm wow. excited this to, is a, to go this first. Is first
0: yeah yeah literally <laughs> And um, I have a I have a unique one, so it's not um, it's not Chris I'm talking about here. Not going with Chris. It's our first protagonist of the movie. It's Andre. Andre, and it's it's not the first scene of the movie either. It's Andre during the party scene when Chris flashes his camera at at Andre, and Andre comes to the surface. And that's when we get one of that iconic scenes where he says, get out, get out, get out, and he freaks the fuck out. Dude, I kind of said it before. We assume that he's been in that body. Like, it didn't just happen yesterday. He's been in that body for quite some time now, so he's had time to think this through. Much like what Walter did at the end of the movie, it kind of confirms my moment, because Walter played it smooth. He should have fucking played that shit so fucking better, so much better, and not freaked out when he saw that flash and he had his moment because like you're surrounded by the villains. You're surrounded by the family. Like dude, play it cool. Pretend that you're still in the trance and then try to get Chris alone and explain to him like, dude, get the fuck out of here. This is what's happening to me. You need to save yourself. But instead he just goes full on crazy and tries to like, he doesn't even convey anything. He literally just says, get out, get out, get the fuck out of here. Like, How the hell is Chris gonna interpret that? That in the moment, like to get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, but like, (laughs) like it was such poor planning. If I was in the sunken place, I would have thought that out so much better. Like, if I got my time, I'm gonna not only to save Chris, but to save himself. Right? Like, and again, maybe it's because he only has a limited amount of time before he gets sunken back again but we assume the reason he gets sunken back is because of the, the psychiatrist, the mother does it to him in the other room. But like, dude, play that more cool. Walter plays it perfectly at the end where he grabs the gun and pretends to still be the grandpa. He could have played that so much better. And even if he like didn't play a long game, he could have like walked up to Chris and like whispered in his ear without anyone really thinking anything of it. Uh, So I thought he uh, did something really dumb there where, I thought he had a ton of time to plan like probably weeks, if not like months.
1: So I would say to that, I think when you're comparing him to Walter, I think Walter literally had years to like get used to this situation. So when he came out, that's why he played it so cool. I think you think so. Cause yes. it seems like they
0: just perfected this recently. Um, I think, well, you because we, but when
1: did his, when did his parents were, when were they going to die? Cause that's when this happened. Yeah. How long? Yeah. So I think that, uh, I don't think that Andre was – because he's on the missing person report. I don't know if it said how long ago, but I don't think it's been, like, a year or anything. I think it's been maybe weeks.
0: Maybe. I think weeks is a safe bet. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, think I think weeks. That, I think maybe, like, one. year You don't think that's enough be, time to, like – sit with your thoughts like you literally can't do I, anything uh, you're a passenger <laughs> like,
1: well i think that would literally have... like snapped out of it he was like right away what's the first he's like just like frantic you know what i mean that was my yeah. like defensive like he was just like i don't know what to do let me you get out like, he's trying to save yeah. this guy but he knows he I know. doesn't have yeah. much time to do anything so i see what you're saying though i mean it's a good moment incredibly interesting. stupid i think yeah interesting I, so yeah. your moment wasn't a chris moment that's interesting. no
0: no i thought i'd go a different direction with it okay time. cool
1: yeah. very nice i like that moment Spice please vote for me
0: i'm still losing to anthony i got my first win but let's keep the ball rolling guys you know nolan fan club let's go
1: (laughs) so that actually was not gonna be an option for me that moment um i was initially gonna go with the first night after that guy like sprinted at him like why would he stay after all these creepy happenings but i'm actually gonna go with why the fuck do you not finish off rose and kill her why are you leave her? Because what if she was saved? What if an ambulance came right after you left and saved her? She's still out and ready to go to at keep the, killing and keep killing. At abducting. the very end at of At the, the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why okay. would you stop strangling her? Break her neck. Fucking kill her. Who cares? Kill that bitch. So my never split up dumb moment is Chris, he couldn't find it in himself to finish her off? Fuck that. Kill her.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you came to defense of Andre, so I'll kind of do the same. Uh, I think the whole theme, the, the whole backstory theme of Chris throughout the movie was not living with himself after letting his mother die. So he doesn't want to do another decision that he regrets. Like the rest of the killings were pretty justified. He was trying to get the but fuck But would he out, regret but... that
1: killing? Would he regret that killing?
0: I think so. she's yeah, literally smiling, she's smirking at him. She's yeah. smiling
1: and smirking at him as he's choking here. You know what? But Just she's someone... defenseless.
0: Like, well, even if she lives, what is she gonna do? Her parents are dead. They're, they can't perform the procedure anymore. So there's no reason for her to keep abducting. You know, you're not giving you her assume... enough
1: credit for being an evil, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> evil <People>, mini mastermind.
0: <laughs> I don't think he could have lived with himself if he choked her in that moment. I, I really don't. So I'm gonna defend. I'm gonna defend. I know Chris if he
1: explained to Rod that situation, Rod would be like, "Motherfucker, we're turning around, and running her over." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. Doing. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something a little different too, and go that he didn't kill her. Not anything that about him not leaving. I'm gonna go. Okay. He didn't kill yeah. Rose.
0: Okay. No, I like it. Two different moments. Yeah. You have the moment that doesn't cost him his life or anything, like a typical never split up moment, and right, I have exactly. a moment that's not the main character. That's a little you know, different. So,
1: okay. But we made it a little interesting this week.
0: Yeah, we did. Cool. I like, yeah, two good moments. So guys, yeah. um, poll's going to be open after this episode airs. So by the time you're listening, go vote. It's going to be available on Spotify. There's a poll option. If you're listening on Spotify, uh, we can't, we, we, we misspoke last time. We can't do a YouTube poll yet. Uh, so sorry for anyone that was looking for the YouTube poll. I think we need a certain amount of um subscribers. So, Please subscribe if you're on YouTube. Uh, we could definitely use the subscribers. We're a brand new channel, brand new podcast, and we want to create that community. And I think YouTube is a great avenue to explore that community once we get it up because we can run the polls. And obviously the YouTube comments section is so easy to navigate and um, we love talking to you guys. So if you're on YouTube, leave us a comment, like the video. I hate to be, you know,
1: Subscribing typical. Like- yeah, <laughs> typical.
0: But, uh definitely subscribe it could definitely help us out because <laughs> <laughs> uh click that button that bell button whatever they say <laughs> click that notification yeah. bell if yeah, you want yeah, to get. yeah that's yeah that's what it is. <laughs> yeah no guys uh but we just appreciate you guys listening uh uh we really appreciate it so uh we're not done yet we're gonna get into our reviews now
1: but also oh, and, uh, make the sure poll, you, the poll is twitter. gonna be on twitter, twitter too I, Instagram sorry, I eventually. To you can only do an instagram story but Go try yeah. to vote on Twitter. We like the interaction and we like to see your votes. We want to, we don't know your yeah. never split up moments too. You know, let us know. We
0: post a lot on Twitter. So Twitter's another great place to interact with you guys. So definitely follow us on Twitter. It's at never split up pod on Twitter and on Instagram at never split up pod. Yes. So definitely go on there and uh, we want to hear from you. So why, why don't we get into our uh, reviews? I went first last time. So why don't you, uh, okay, you? take this one? Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, this movie. This movie is fantastic, especially like I said for Jordan Peele's first feature film. I really love this movie. Ooh, this is gonna be hard for me uh, because it's also like it's recent too. So I haven't been able like some of my favorite movies I've sat with for you know twenty plus years. So I'm gonna say, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie an eight point six out of ten. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, very respectable score. Yes. I was I was expecting you to get into the nines. Just yeah. because
1: it's not an all... Like, nines for me, it's like, they're going to be some of my all-time favorites. I mean, this is a great... Yeah. I love this movie so much, but it's not, mm-hmm. like, in my top 20 horror movies of all time or anything. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's a yeah, great, yeah. great, great horror satire filled with a bunch of commentary, and I love it. I mean, 8.6 is nothing to sneeze at.
0: Okay, great. Awesome. Um... Yeah, I I'm gonna say the same things. It's not an all timer for me. Again, I said uh, I my initial viewing was was good, but I feel like it got hyped a little too much. I wish I saw it opening weekend. Um, I, I don't yeah, remember the great. crowd. I don't remember the crowd so much. Maybe uh, I would had like a like forgettable crowd, and with a better crowd, it would have been better. But um, I, I like this movie more and more every time I watch it. If, if I would have given this movie a review or a score the first time or the second time, I would have said like probably like around an eight, but again, it's climbing. So yeah, I'm going to give this movie an 8.6 as well. 8.6. Wow. Oh, yeah. Cool. I actually had that number before you said it, so I'm not, copying yeah (laughs) for
1: anyone you know i because i was thinking i was like do i go higher but then i'm like it's not a nine for me but it's not below an 8.5 for me either it's like right in that it's teetering on like almost perfection line
0: Mm. yeah and we uh, we do have to start getting into um like looking at our previous scores i have on my other yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna start having
1: mine up yeah
0: these movies stack up and like you know, I don't have a lot of uh, movies in the eights, but I have like Krampus is an 8.5. Or I'm sorry, Krampus is also an 8.6. So oh, well. Krampus executes what they do perfectly, but th- it's such different movies that you like- compare these two. Out is just as good in its own way. So right. I think at 8.6 is fair. Yeah. Okay,
1: cool. Awesome. Same score.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's twice now we have the same score. Out of okay, 10 so that was,
1: that's get out. <laughs> what do we have going on next week?
0: Next week, we are finally, it's taken 11 episodes, but we're getting into our, our roots of our, of the name of the podcast. We're getting into really our first slasher franchise, I would say. Yeah. We're covering the, uh, we're covering Chucky guys. We're going to cover the original child's play. Yes. Super excited for that one yep yes and if uh you haven't seen it or you need to watch it again before the episode it is available on hbo max we just confirmed that so definitely check that movie out on hbo before next week or buy the
1: blu-ray like me i have like endless (laughs) copies
0: (laughs) yeah that'll be an interesting one i don't know um if i've seen every single child's play
1: i i've seen
0: at least four of them but uh I get lost on that franchise um
1: okay i i, I really well,
0: would love to sit down and watch all of them kind of like over a weekend or something, but uh you have to we're not gonna we're not gonna cover these back to back guys um we're we're probably gonna cover child's play and uh cover a few more movies in between because we don't wanna burn ourselves out on one franchise, and I feel like yeah. it gets stale if you just keep doing the same franchise back to back, so we'll split it up a bit and uh we'll start with the first one and just go from there yeah do you want to announce our second movie we we actually have two movies lined up so we can announce uh another movie that's going to be coming out in two weeks
1: yeah so we try to plan a little bit ahead this time just so we can plan out all of our viewing uh schedules and everything so not next week but the week after child's play we are actually going to be covering a movie that was in my top 10 of 2022 so again make sure you check out that video i had a lot of fun recording that and this is was towards the upper part of my list this is going to be the menu the brand new movie from 2022 Yeah. Um, i don't want to say too much about it but again this one's also available right now on hbo max if you haven't yep. seen it yet check it out so you guys can interact and give your thoughts when we release the movie I believe it's also coming out on Blu-ray next week. So either way, just make sure you check it out before. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So the next two weeks, it'll be everywhere. So check that out. I cannot wait to talk about that one. Obviously showing my hand a little bit. I adored that movie because it was in my top 10. Yeah. We don't know what no one thinks about it. Um, he saw it after we recorded that video. So I can't wait to get into it.
0: Yeah. It just, uh, released on HBO last week and that's when I watched it. So I have watched it by now. And, uh, a lot of people are talking about this movie because it's now on streaming. So it's, uh, it's getting a lot of hype and, and stuff. It was on a lot of people's top 10 lists, so I, I'm excited to cover it. Yeah, you'll you'll get my thoughts. I haven't played my hand yet, but I have some thoughts on that movie, and I'm excited, but okay. again, first things first, we're going to cover Child's Play next week. Really excited for that. Get into some uh, fun, you know, dolls, 80s slasher. slasher. <laughs> yeah, 80s doll slasher. That's going to be a slasher. hard
1: movie for me to rate because that movie was part of my childhood.
0: <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Great. So, yeah thanks for listening guys uh again you can catch us on twitter and instagram at never a pod please follow us and uh vote in our poll we love the interaction any final thoughts anthony
1: no i mean make sure you guys definitely watch get out and let us know what you think of the movie and make sure you also check out his other two movies because we're going to be covering us and nope eventually too
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely so that's it for us, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. See ya.